0: Well guys, welcome. Welcome to church. Y'all doing good this morning? Woo! Guys, I just want to say thank you so much again just for being so patient with us. We are in the midst of rebuilding the worship team right now, and so we have video worship, and I think that the last couple weeks we've been kind of like, eh, you know, but I think today I really kind of, I felt like connected with you guys. I really felt like we were worshiping today, and so and hey guys, thank you so much for being patient with that. Be praying, be, be praying for uh, a godly leader to come in, someone who's going to to uh, be able to lead us uh, in worship weekly, someone who's going to be passionate about people, someone who's going to be passionate about God and driven to do whatever it is that God's called them to do. And, guys, be praying for, for me and David and, and, and Lori and everyone who's been kind of on the sidelines kind of waiting to get back into it, uh, whenever, you know, whenever that godly leader has come back into our lives. And so uh, be praying for us, be praying for the church, be praying for the worship team. Guys, thank you again. Wow, what a great week it's been, right? If you guys have not understood what's been going on, if you haven't been following us on Facebook lately, um, some amazing things have been going on this week. Last week we did... Um, uh, we, we finished up our service, wrapped it up. Uh, the night before that, we were at Lexington Manor Apartments. We did a big outdoor movie night. We had barbecue. We had music. We had, you know, free food. We had the movie. We had popcorn. Now, it was like a party going on out there. We had a great time. We had over 100 people show up to the apartment complex, and they were just stoked about us being out there. It was a great time. We gave Bibles. We gave away a bunch of toys and stuff for the kids out there. It was amazing. Right after that, we did service last week, and after service— Last week, we started Mega Sports Camp over here at Lexington Baptist Church. It was insane. Mega Sports Camp went off. It was the first day, we had about 100 kids. The second day, it almost doubled. We had about 140, 150 kids. Throughout the week, we had more and more kids coming in. We were teaching them how to play basketball and how to play football. And then we were teaching them cheerleading drills and all that. And these kids, when they first came in to the camp, they were real quiet, kind of integrated, just you know, you know, introverted and, and to themselves boxed in, you know, as the week progressed, they just started to open up, man. They started to get just like hyper. They were excited, man. And so when we were teaching them basketball, they were like, what's up, bro? And they were like, you know, I'm like, hey, you're going to like, you know, you got no chance against me. And they were like between me. There was one kid. We were teaching them blocking techniques, right? So and we were blocking him, right? And he totally gets the ball gets on his knees and goes between my legs and like runs over and makes a basket. I kid you not, that's how awesome these kids were. We, uh, me and Sarah had the second, third, and fourth graders, and they were just overwhelming us. They were, that's how powerful they were. They were so awesome. I loved those kids. They were so great. And to see them actually grow, I mean, and to see what they were doing, we talked to these kids about Jesus. We talked to them about salvation. We talked to them about trusting in God. And it was amazing. I mean, these kids had backgrounds. One kid, I talked to him. And we were talking about, like, who can you go to for help? And I said, well, what about your dad? And, you know, he said, my dad's in jail. And I was like, God, you know, this, this, this guy might—I might be, like, one of the only father figures he has for this week. You know? Another kid, uh, you know, his parents were dead, and he was living with his grandma and just— Amazing things. And here they are in front of us. We have a chance to connect with these kids. And for one week, we did our best. And we were tired. and was waking up at 4 a.m., you know, and like doing all that work to like 5 p.m. And then going from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. doing Mega Sports Camp. It was insane. It was awesome, though. It was so great. We were so excited. And then Friday night... Friday night, we took it to a whole nother level. If you were there with us Friday night, it was insane. We went down to Cole Park, had the Bay Jamming Cinema Series. Had a big outdoor movie going on, and we passed out popcorn to over a thousand people there. A thousand people. We had, we were just like, bam, you know, bagging, bagging, popping the popcorn. It was a thousand people there. We were walking around people, talking to people. We gave out ten Bibles to people. We prayed over people. We got to know people's names. They got phone numbers and contacts, and we were reaching out and talking tell these people the movie night was incredible you know we saw God moving in so many different ways breaking down barriers I was talking to this one guy he's like man I just got out of the pen I've been there for three years I just got out I just gave my life to God I found him when I was in jail I'm looking for a church I'm like man well, we'll come visit I don't have a ride I'm like man I said well I'll, I can't promise you I can give you a ride but I can promise you I'll try to find give you a ride he lives off like 19th street right and he's like man brother because do you have a bus stop anywhere nearby I'm like yeah he's all It don't matter if I get right. I'll find a bus stop. Just give me a couple weeks. I'll try and make it. I mean, that is awesome right there. He's like, my kids have to be in church. My God, model uh, Jesus for my kids, and it was just amazing. So we were talking to people, passing out invite cards, passing out popcorn, passing out drinks, everything like that. And the most amazing part about that—this is the miracle of God right there—the most amazing part about that night, we did it with six volunteers, just six volunteers a lot of us had to work. A lot of us had stuff going on. But we had six volunteers that went. And God used six people to impact a thousand people. That is awesome. If you don't think that's... Okay, let me put it this way. If you were to go to any other big church around town and say, Hey, we want to reach out to a thousand people. We have a thousand people going to come here this one night. And we have six volunteers. Can you, can you you do it? And they're like, No, heck no. There's no way we can possibly do that with only six people. But we did. And you know why? Because God is using the small church to reach out to make a greater impact here in Corpus Christi. I am pumped up about that. It is a testament to missional community. It's a testament to missional living. It's a testament to this missional-style church that goes out. It doesn't matter how big the task, we're going to take it on. If it doesn't pump you up, and I don't know why you're even here today, because this church is a church that's going to be doing stuff like that. You know, we're going to be the, the, the five loaves and two fishes type of story all the time. Amen. Amen. It's a testament to what God is doing at Impact City Church. I am pumped up about being your pastor. I am pumped up about being able to be a part of something awesome. I am pumped up about being part of a church that is doing things, that is reaching out and, and taking care of business. And it doesn't matter how big of that giant. We're like little David. We're going to slay that giant. Amen? Amen. Come on, guys. I need all you guys on board on this, too, by the way. Because that was awesome and six people... It was fun, but you know what? Next time we go, we're gonna do it uh, August first, fifteenth, and thirtieth. I think, or August first, all the Fridays in August. We're gonna do that again. Maybe one Friday in July eleventh, showing Frozen. We're gonna go back out there and listen. Six people to a thousand was awesome. Ten people would be a lot better because I think we lost or we lost Skylar for like an hour. It was terrible. It was terrible. Seriously, you know, we lost my daughter. It was like, well, I was like, we'll go look for her. go, like, I know I'm serving popcorn. I got like a hundred people online. I can't just. You know, it was that bad. So seriously, guys, make room. You know, clear your schedules. Get out there and help us out with that. You know, we, uh, we have a lot going on this summer, and we were pumped up. We had to go back out to Lexington Matter. We have to go back out to the Apartments to do more movie nights. People are wanting it. People are asking for it. People are begging for it. So what do we do whenever we ask for something? We try to give it to them. And so we want to just love on the community. We want to love on Corpus Christi and do our best. Amen? So I want to pray for you right now before we get started with the message. I want to pray for that. All right? So let's all bow our heads. Father God, we just thank you for giving us hands and feet to serve. God, that you would allow us the capabilities to serve at any capacity. God, maybe if if any of us just praying uh, for the people who are actually doing the physical work, God, may you just give us servants to pray. God, may you give us prayer warriors. God, may you just allow us the time and the schedules to open up. May you give us the, the bravery. May you give us the courage to go out and be open-minded and be, be outward and be sacrificial with our hearts and sacrificial with our life and sacrificial with everything that we have given us. May you give us a, a sense of urgency, Lord, for the lost here in Corpus Christi. May you give us a sense of, of need, a sense of compassion for the beggar. May you give us a sense of compassion for the, for the weak, for the poor, for, the, for those of us who, who, who don't know Jesus and those of them who think they know Jesus but haven't truly started a relationship with them. May you give us a passion for that. God, may you ignite a fire that will burn wild here in Corpus Christi. May you unite churches together. May the body of Christ become one again. And may we reach this city for your love and for your kingdom. It's in Christ, and We humbly pray. All of God's people said, amen. Amen. If y'all would please open your Bibles to Mark 4.26. Mark 4.26, we're going to be starting the, uh, the third part of our series called Parables. Parables is uh, a, a little mini-series within the large series here at Impact City of Mark. And so Mark 4.26 is where we're going to be today. Let me just do a quick little recap if you've missed out on the first couple of weeks. The first week we talked about the parable. Of the sower and, and then the soil. And Jesus was saying that, 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 the, that it's kind of like this, that there was a sower, and he goes and he throws his seed out there, and he scatters the seed, and some of it lands on a rock. And we talked about the rock, meaning that it's like us people who receive the word, we hear it, but we don't ever let it sink in. And then he said that another guy goes out, and he scatters seed, and it falls on shallow Foundation And we'd say that those are the people that they hear the gospel, they hear about Jesus, they love Jesus, they ignite real fast for Jesus, and they, they, they put their trust into like the blessings of Jesus, they put their trust in, in all the great things that come for Jesus, and as soon as the wind comes or as soon as disaster comes or as soon as trouble comes, there 's on such shallow foundation that the tree just falls over. Then we talked about um, the people who put their trust in Jesus, right? And they're in a good foundation, they're growing good, but they allow the cares of the world to act like thorns. The Bible says that that the thorns grew up around the bush, and that when the the thorns grew up around, they yielded no fruit. And that means that that as we as Christians, we can be planted in Jesus, but when we get distracted by our jobs, we get distracted by the careers, we get distracted by the things in life that are going to pull us away, from Jesus, our possessions, the things that, that, that we think matter more but really don't, then we yield no fruit. Because our time goes to that. When our time goes more to Little League Baseball than it does to serving the body of Christ and serving the lost, we yield no fruit. And I'm not saying that those things are bad, but I'm saying we have to prioritize them well. And then we heard about the fourth soil, where well, the fourth soil was the guy threw the seed in soil, and it was so deep and so rich that the grain popped up, and it yielded more grain, and it expanded a bit, and bit, more grain, and more grain, and more grain came out from there. And that's the soil we all want to get to. The week after that, we talked about the lamp and the basket. And we said that a lot of times we'd like to hear that scripture, and we say, oh, that scripture means that we're to be a light to the world, and we should never hide our light under a basket. And we're like, well, that's awesome if we just take that one scripture. But if you look at the whole context of that scripture, it's not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was saying that those of us who hear the word and do nothing about it are just plain stupid as a guy who lights a lamp and puts a basket over it. He said if we're going to hear the gospel and not respond well to the gospel, not do anything with the gospel, you're as stupid as a guy who lights a lamp and puts a basket over it. It does you no good. And we talked about that last week. And so this week... You know, if you look at all the, all the common themes of, of this message, it was all what the gospel is and what our response is to the gospel. The gospel and our response. And this week, what I want to do, I want to look at three verses that should encourage us and challenge us as well. Because last week, I got some, uh, I got some feedback that the message was a little toe-stepping. the message was a little up in your face, and it was kind of like there. And and, then some of you were like, well, that's awesome. And some of you guys were like, I need to talk about that. And some of you guys were like, man, you know what, that's great. We need that every once in a while. And it's true. We need to be kind of slapped in the face every once in a while, kind of knocked in the gut and be like, yeah, you know what? God is awesome, and we're not, and we should just follow him and do things his way. And so, but on the other flip side of that, we need to be encouraged. Because we can't just go, 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 and just, you know, keep uh being, you know, challenged and challenged and never being encouraged. And so I think this scripture is going to kind of counteract the scriptures from last week and encourage us to do better this week. So if you would, please, Mark four twenty six, And listen, I praise God for messages like last week. I praise God for those messages. I praise God for the messages that when we come to church, we're like squirming in our seats. We're like, oh my God, I feel uncomfortable because that means that God is moving in you. I would hate to be a church Anytime you go to church You walk out And you're like Man that was an amazing service I felt great All my needs were met I felt great Everything I wanted I got And then you walk out And you feel so So awesome about it But you never do anything about it after that That's not church That's that's as close to a prostitution ring As I can think about A place you go to get a good service And we don't want to be that way And so um, Yeah My analogies Awesome How does he know about that? I don't know And so here we go, Mark 4.26. is going to be up on the screen. Uh, if, you, if, you have, if you have your Bibles, we you have a Bible in the back for you. That's going to be our gift to you. If not, John Carter is going to put it up on the screen for us. But Mark 4.26 is where we're going to be. And this is Jesus talking. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. As if a man, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground on the ground. So we're still talking about seeds here, but now we're talking about the kingdom of God here. And so a lot of people here on earth, we believe that the kingdom of God here on earth, we know what it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is heaven, obviously, but there is a reflection from heaven as to what the kingdom of God is here on earth. And many people will think, okay, what is the kingdom of God here on earth? Well, Well, it's not a church. It's not a building. That's for one. It's not a big place with, you know, with fancy lights and nice you know, marble countertops and, and, and nice tile flooring around there. It's not the, the church with the most amazing, amazing seating, theater seating. It's, it's not that is not the kingdom of God. That's not a bad thing, but that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God here is something totally, totally, totally different. In fact, Jesus would never be caught dead in a church like that. In fact, Jesus wouldn't be caught dead in He's anyway, but the kingdom of God is not that. Y'all want to know what the kingdom of God is? Do you really want to know? You guys have to interact here. Come on. Yeah, yeah, all right. I'm going to show you what the kingdom of God is here, okay? Y'all close your eyes. Open your eyes. Y'all see this mirror? Y'all see what's in this mirror? You guys are the kingdom of God. The Bible said that the kingdom of God Is as if a man should scatter seed On the ground And so my question to you is this Are you scattering seed? What are you scattering seed on? The, the Bible says are you scattering seed? I'm, I'm going to just leave this up here So you guys can just kind of take a look at it I hope it doesn't break Because Sarah said <laughs> This is our mirror from, from home Man. So you people are the kingdom of God. You people are the kingdom of God. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is like the man who scatters seed on the ground. So here, we've you got, you got a few ways we can go about this. You're either doing it or you're not. Like, you're either scattering seed or you're not. So if you're not planting, you're not doing anything. If you're not investing, you're not going to be... Okay, if you're not doing the work, then you're not doing anything. You're either working or you're not. And the Bible says that the kingdom of God is the guy who's working. The kingdom of God is the man or the woman who is scattering seed on the ground. I want to ask you this. What ground have you been scattering seed on lately? Has it been your, your co-worker at work? Someone that you've been working with, you've been working and talking to, you've been kind of scattering, you've been telling about Jesus and telling what God's doing. Is it the family member that you know has been going through a rough time in, uh, in, in the world today and you just you want to reach out to them? Is it the strangers that you meet, you know, when you're walking down the street or you're in line to check out somewhere, you're talking to someone? You know, the small talk that you get, is it something like that? Is it the waitress at the restaurant? Whenever you get your food, one thing I love doing, we, uh, when I get my food, a uh, pastor showed me this. Uh, and you're going to pray for your food, ask the waitress if you can pray for her. It is the most am- i have seen so many waitresses uh, here in town just open up be like, yeah, I'm having back surgery, or you know what, my dad's sick, and I want you to help me. Can you pray for him? It is the most amazing thing that you can do. How about bikers? I love the story that David gave me this week, that he was riding his bike around, and these bikers rolled up, and then he had a chance to talk to him and meet him. They're like, what's Impact City Church on your helmet? He's got a big sticker on his helmet, right? It says Impact City Church. And they went to like Rudy's, and they ate barbecue, which is what Jesus would do. And they went down, and they ate, and had a good time. And he got to talk about Jesus to a bunch of bikers. That's awesome, right? Uh, Nurses in the doctor's office, when your kids are, you know, and you're talking to the nurse, I and mean, doctors, people around there, friends, friends that you have, close friends, neighbors, a barbecue chicken goes a long way. Or the about the community around you, the community just here in Corpus Christi. I mean, like I said, we met so many people Friday night. But you know what? As we had two people in each popcorn machine, one person handing stuff out, another person watching the kids, and I was left to go meet all these people by myself. And I got to tell you, I tried my best, but I couldn't do it. We need people just to go connect and engage people. We need people to engage people, to go talk to them and be like, hey, bro, I'm from Impact City Church. I wanted to say, uh, what's going on? Can I help you with anything today? Is there anything I can do? Can I pray for you? You're like, my man Felix, I don't want to engage people. What if I engage people and they don't, like, respond? Or what if I start to engage people and they're, like, a really smart aleck when it comes to, like, religion, and they start asking me all these questions that I can't answer? Uh, what if, what if they, I engage them And they don't come to church I've been asking them for like years they Come to church, come to church And they never come to church What if I engage them And they don't want to come over to my house for dinner I tell them, I'm reaching out to my neighbor Hey man, you got a new neighbor in the, in the neighborhood I want to invite you over for dinner I want to cook something nice for you And they don't want to do it What if that happens? Well, let's just keep reading Verse 27 It says The sower says he sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, he knows not how, it says he sleeps and rises, the guy, the sower, the, the planter he 's sleeping, and he 's rising day and night, and the seed sprouts and it grows, and he knows not how. So the kingdom here God, when we, when, we, when we, the kingdom of God, the people of God, the kingdom of God, go about scattering seed throughout the land, when we land on one of the four soils. We don't know how it grows. We don't know how the gospel grows in people. It's a mystery to us. We don't understand it. What Jesus is saying here is that the growing and the results of our ministry, the results of our sharing the gospel, is ultimately not even up to us. It's not even up to us. We're just called to plant. And what an awesome relief that is. Like, can you imagine, like, as gardeners, and, and if, if you've been on a farm, if you've ever tried to grow something, you have a responsibility to keep going back and watering it and keep going back and, and, and doing that. And, and we do that. We, we keep going back to people. We keep going back. But the, the majority of time, the, you don't sit there and you're like, okay, let me just blow some air into the dirt. Let me, like, get some sunshine going. Let me, let me kind of make the, the plant grow. Like, that's not even up to us. And Jesus is saying that the same way that a plant grows that we have no control over a plant is the same way that the gospel grows inside the hearts of people. We have no control over it. In fact, we have so much lack of control over it. The Bible says that we should just sleep and rise, just go about our business, just going and planting seeds to everyone. It says it's a mystery to us. Like when I share the news of Jesus with people, uh, you know, either at the park or whenever we're, we're doing events like this, and I see the guy, he's tatted up, you know, he's been locked up for a while. You know, he's still drugging, uh, struggling with drugs or alcohol, whatever it is. Um, you know, I don't know what I, if what I say is going to make an impact on him. I, I don't know that. And, and, and it doesn't matter what's going to happen, though. I'm not called to discern what's going to happen to the person. I'm just called to do it. We learned that in week one, that even though that the sower was scattering seed, and, and he was scattering seed on rocky soil, he knew darn well it wasn't going to grow. But he still did it. Like, that is like the, to, to us humans, that is like the dumbest thing to do. Why would you plant something on a rock? It has no soil. It won't grow. But he was, he knew his job was to just do and follow what God said to do. And that's what we're called to do. I tell you, the past seven days have literally been very testing to me very testing. I mean, from Saturday night, over 100 people at the, at the lock-in. We didn't get home till, at the, at the apartment complex. We didn't get home till almost 1 a.m. that night, coming and doing church the next day, and after doing church, doing mega sports camp with all those kids. Oh my goodness, there was a lot of kids there, you know, and dealing with all that, and then doing that till 9 a.m., and then 9 p.m. the next night, every night. Then going back and, and working, you know, a full 48 hours a week, that week, waking up at 4 a.m., going past 10 or 11 every night, going to bed at midnight, sleeping the average of three hours a week. Then doing that and going, doing the 1,000 people at the lock-in, you know, at, at the movie night. I don't know why I keep calling it a lock-in. I'm just, that's, my, that's my youth pastor thing. Doing a 1,000 people at the uh, over, uh, um, movie night thing. That was hard. And it was like just tons of people coming in. And it's like, man, do they ever stop? We literally turned the popcorn makers on. We didn't turn them off until after the movie was done. We were just popping and popping and popping. And there was like you know, your feet retired. You're, you're just fixing to go like knock out. You're exhausted. And somewhere around that time, I forgot when it was, I actually asked myself, is it even worth it? Like if what, what I'm doing is even where you're like, I'll tell you right now, no one that we invited from any of those events are even sitting in this, in this room right here right now. No one. Yeah, no one. Double check, right? There's probably that one person's like, I'm here. No, no one's here. <laughs> no one's here. Does it even feel like it's worth it? You do all this work and you go out of your way and you sacrifice your time, you sacrifice your money, you sacrifice your family I lost Skylar. You sacrifice your family's safety to go out and do mission for Jesus, and you yield no results. It doesn't matter, though, because that's not up to you. You don't get to decide what your results are of what God has commanded you to do. You just got to do what God commands you to do. If God says, beat your head on this rock for the next 30 years, just do it. You're supposed to do it. If God says, plant a church and, and, and have it fall apart in a year, do it. If God says, plant a church and have it blow up, do it. If God says, plant a church and have it maintain 40 people for the rest of its life, you do it. And you're happy with it. And, it's like, and you've redefined success that way. And you, are, you get up and you're excited and you're pumped about what God is doing there. Because you know why? God has told you to do something and you do it and you do it with gladness. You do it. You read verses like Mark 4.27, it says that he arose and he slept and, and he just scattered seed. And he didn't know, not know how, and then you start saying, like, man, I just have to do it. I have a, a, a choice. I'm not up to—the results are not up to me. And let me tell you something. Let me, let me just add on that. Whenever you realize that the results of what you do are not ultimately up to you, you're unstoppable. You're unstoppable. You are empowered to do more because— the results are not up to you. So you know that all you got to do is just tell someone about Jesus. Like, you're not called to be like, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me lead you through uh, the theology of why we're, or, you know, all this stuff. You don't have to do that, bro. You just got to say, look, man, Jesus loves you. He loves me. I'm jacked up, and he still loves me, and that's what you need to know. And because Jesus is living in my life now, I'm a better man. I'm a better person. I'm a better human being because now I have hope and grace in my life. I'm not perfect, but I still keep trying. That is what we got to do. And then after that, if they say, like, man, you're an idiot, you're like, okay, awesome, I love you. And you walk off. And it doesn't matter because you did what you were supposed to do. They they come and say, I want to know more about Jesus. And you say, okay, well, let me water that seed a little bit more. But if they don't do that, then it's not up to you. There's no reason why you're not supposed to share the gospel with someone. You have no excuse not to. Next verse. It says, The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts the sickle, puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. As much as we... As we're not to worry or even understand the results of the gospel, Jesus tells us here that we're to be patient with the gospel. We're to be patient with the gospel. I remember as a kid uh, planting the 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 you know, the little pinto beans, and you take the pinto beans and you put it in some potting soil in a foam cup, right? And then you put some, you know, you, you put the plant in there and, and it starts to grow, you water, you put it in your windowsill. Well, I remember going to my windowsill every morning and be like, oh, Where you at, bro? Like, why aren't you growing? You know, it's like, and then one day I saw like little speck of green little thing coming out, like, <gasps> it's growing, you know, get, by the end of today, it's going to be a freaking stock up now, call me Jack, you know, and, and so I thought it was going to grow fast, you know, it's kind of like a chia pet, you get the chia pet, you're like, oh, it's sweet, I get to go comb the grass in the hair, and it takes you like two months for it to grow, you know, and that's, that's kind of how people are. You we want them to be excited and and go and, and blow up. Like listen, like the guy who gets baptized one day and then starts a church the next week and has three thousand members by the next month. That's rare. It happens, but it's rare. The Majority of people don't grow that fast. If you if you know anything about uh, people and, and psychology and all that, you realize that people don't grow in steps. They don't grow in steps. That's why the twelve step program always repeats itself because it never works straight up. This is how people grow. They grow in loops. They'll start off on the bottom. They meet Jesus. They know Jesus. Then they start doing good. They love Jesus. Oh, oh my God, relapse. And they go back down. They, and they go all the way down to the bottom. They come all the way back up. And they look, okay, I'm back in church. man. I'm, I'm in the game. And they start going back up. And then they, 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 they screw up again and they go back down. Maybe you're struggling with pornography or something like that. Are you doing good. You got a month good. And all of a sudden, bam, pop up, bam. You know, porn slice for a week and then you go back down. And then you come back up. Or maybe you're, you're an alcoholic or you're drinking. And you're like, I'm doing you good. And then all of a sudden, bang, want to go to a party? Okay, bro. They say, oh, you want to drink? Okay. Then you go back down and you got to start all over again. But after a while, the Bible says that after a while, when the, when the harvest is ripe and, it, and it's ready to go, that He will put the sickle to it. And so all of a sudden, once you're doing this, you're still climbing, but you're climbing and you're going back down. You're climbing and you're going back down. But after a while, after a while, the gospel will just kind of take part in you. And you will be abstaining from sin so much that you will learn to hate sin in your life. Because the more you put into Jesus and the more you pour into the gospel, the more you will pour out of your life the things that are going to hinder you from that. So after a while, you'll be like, okay, I screwed up this time. But you know what? This time I screwed up, I know, I realize my life is worth more now. I realize it because the gospel tells me that I am, I am loved by the king and I know that I have hope. And so as you go back down, and now you're just going to go straight up Vertical. And that's how the gospel works but during this loop-de-loop time we have to be patient we have to be patient with people jesus says that it takes time it takes time to become mature so it takes time to become a mature christian if you don't become a mature christian overnight like i said that's rare that's very rare even me we made stupid mistakes when we were first coming to jesus it takes time to become mature. It takes time to understand how life is. It takes time to understand life. A lot of you young people in the room, you have no idea what life is about yet. We're learning. I'm I'm 28 years old. I'm still learning about life. I have, I love my elders that I that I look up to because they, they're like, "You're an idiot," and I'm like, "Okay, you know." And they teach me stuff because they've been around the block more. They've been through those loops already. It takes time to live pure in life. It takes time to understand that, that, that what, what, what sin is in your life and how to rid it. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time to overcome sin, to be victorious over sin. God has already won that battle for you, but are you going to choose to believe it and follow it? That takes time to understand that. It takes time not to be an idiot, <laughs> basically. It takes time to learn how not to be an idiot. But Jesus teaches us that at the right time, we will understand everything. At the right time, it will make sense to us. And these are the people that uh, for a long time we were in and out of church. And like they, they're like, like, you see them one week and you don't see them for two weeks. So these are the people that... that that uh, They come to church, but they're still living in sin during the week, and, and you don't really know what to think about them, but you just know that you got to have patience with them. And then, boom, one week, they're like the associate pastor of the church. And you're like, what happened? And you're like, man, I don't know, it just, it just hit them one day. And they're just like, you know what? I don't need these drugs. I don't need, I don't need this, this, these things in my life. I don't need to be living this way with this person. I'm going to make my relationships clean and honor God with my relationships. And then from there on, it's like a roller coaster, and things start going vertically up. I tell you, when me and Sarah first started going to church, man, we were still messed up. We were still trying to figure out how to be a, a good marriage and how to, how to talk to each other right, how to live right. And one thing that we started doing just one day, we were like, you know what? We don't need our friends. We don't need people around us to bring us down. So other guys and girls that were like, I just wanted to party. They wanted to um, just live and sin. We just disassociate ourselves with them. You're we like, well, that's not what the Bible says. No, it does say that in the Bible to push those people away from you so you can grow. And when you were more mature, you can go back and reach them and bring them in. That is what the Bible says And so we, we know that, that it takes time to mature And so we stopped doing this loop-to-loop pattern We got tired of this six-cycle carousel And we just started going straight up We started serving We started dedicating ourselves to reading the gospel We started being sacrificial with our time With our finances, with everything We just dove straight in But listen, here in Impact City We're learning to be patient though We're a new church, I'm a newly pastor I am not perfect we are learning to be patient, and understanding patience now means that we also have to understand patience in our church growth. So when we don't see the seats packed out, we need to understand that people who are not here are going through their down loop. doesn't mean that they're not part of the church. It just means that they're on the down loop, and they're going to come right back around. And we're going to be there for them when they're on the down loop. We're going to be there for them when they're on their high loop. We're going to understand that whenever uh, the leaders of the church are ready to be, step up and become leaders, that that is God's time for That's not when I say, hey, you're ready to go, bro. No, no, God's going to come and say, I'm ready to lead. I understand this. And now it's okay, let's start a discipleship program one-on-one. Let's see if we can keep you on the vertical. We understand that. We have patience with that. We're learning that we're not perfect people. But we're learning as a church to, to have allowances for all of our sins and, the, and, and the, the discretions that we have here in this church. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing that we're able to just love one another, have patience with one another. Now, there is some discipline that comes involved with that as well because you have to watch out for the protection of the whole church. But beyond that, we still love their, their, their sins and their mistakes. Listen, God is doing a great, great work here at Impact City, and we need all of you on board. We need all of you on board with it. I want you guys to look again at the mirror. I want you guys to look again at the image that you see. When you look at this mirror, when you look at the people in this mirror, do you see someone who is living for Jesus? Or do you see someone who is on a down loop? Do you see someone who's struggling? Do you see someone who needs help? Do you see someone who is... Who is uh, being hindered to be The fullness that they can be If that is you Then you need to talk to someone You need to come to us And we're here for you We need everyone To just just be pumped up About what's going on here in Impact City Amen I'm going to challenge you with this I'm going to challenge you to grab a handful of seeds And just dive into what we're doing here in Impact City Like straight up Just going to challenge you you want to be a, a, a sower of the gospel, you want, to be, you want to be the kingdom of God, when you, you see that is the kingdom of God right there, I'm going to challenge you to grab a handful of seats and dive into what God is doing here at Impact City. I'm going to challenge you to that. Lay all your cares and concerns aside. Lay your selfishness and, and the things that hold you back aside and just dive into what God is doing. If you, let me tell you this. If you saw your child drowning in the pool, would you care about your cell phone and your keys in your pocket and tuck them out first? Or would you just dive straight in? Would you take your shoes off? Would you just dive straight in? You would just dive straight in. And I'm going to tell you right now that in this room right now and outside those doors into the city, there is thousands of people going to hell. And it is, hell is too dang hot for us not to do something about that. And we got to be pumped up about what we're doing here. When we go to an event, we have a thousand people. we got to have at least a few dozen volunteers to engage those people. we got to be pumped up about that, guys. we got to be excited about that. You are the kingdom of God, amen? Say it with me. I am the kingdom of God. I am the kingdom of God. Now what I want you to do is going to be a little difficult for some of us Pull out your cell phones Pull out your cell phones You're like oh crap I want you to take your cell phone out right now There's a a feature Have y'all ever heard the term selfie (laughs) There is a feature called a selfie What I want you to do I'm going to do it too with you guys is we're going to take a selfie of, of, of all of, of, your, of your face, of yourself. That's why it's called selfie. And on that selfie, I want you to post it to Facebook, and I want you to hashtag, I am the kingdom of God, and then hashtag Impact City. All right? You're like, I don't know why we're doing this. <laughs> He's lost his mind. All right, let's get there. Everyone got your cell phones out? Someone's like, I don't even know what a hashtag is. All right, guys. Here we go. I'm going to use my iPad. Okay, if you don't have Facebook, you can use um, Twitter or you can use your Instagram, whatever. Okay, but you're gonna you're gonna go ahead and hashtag it. Ready, y'all? Ready? Raise up your cell phones. Smile. Snap. You're gonna hashtag that kingdom. I am the kingdom of God. Did y'all do that. So, Take another picture. You're like, man, my face didn't turn out right. I want you guys, I want you guys and your girls here to be encouraged that you are the kingdom of God. So when I want you to tell people that I am the kingdom of God, I am the guy who is scattering seeds. I am the person who is going to be doing it. I am the person who is going to love, uh, love Jesus and show you how to love Jesus. I am that person. If you have reached out to anyone in your life, if you have ever been there for a friend, you are the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is simply this. People are living on mission for Jesus. That is the kingdom of God. Amen? I want to encourage you to do that today. Let's all pray, guys. No selfies during prayer. God, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for these people here. God, thank you for the kingdom of God reflected from your glory down to earth through the people of, of, of Jesus Christ here today those who love him, who chase after him with reckless abandon. God, may we all live a little bit crazy. May we all just live a little bit uh, radical for you. May we all learn to just go without sleep, go without, uh, just be selfless in our motives and selfless with our time and all that. God, in whatever capacity we can serve you, may we serve you in any way, whether that is praying for the teams that are out doing the work or whether that is out being the team doing the work. Whatever place we are, whether that's making phone calls, whether that's making uh, contacts, whatever it is, maybe it's spreading the word on Facebook and social media and through people we, whatever capacity it is, may we just learn to be just outward, um, just crazy about doing that for you, Lord. God, may we learn that we are going to not be perfect. That we're going to do loops in life. That when we're on our upward loop that we will take time to, to invest in ourselves more so that when we get on our down loop that we can not fall so far down that we have a harder time getting back up. May we learn to love each other, man. We learn to love people around us and we learn to, to, to live um, in a way that is honoring to God in every moment of our life. And it's in Jesus' name we humbly pray. All God's people said, Amen.